0: Welcome to the Manly Saints Project, with me, Hugh Hunter. If you enjoy my work, please consider signing up and supporting me on Substack, or click the link in the show notes to buy me a beer. And if you enjoy the podcast as audio or video, please consider giving me a rating, wherever you are. It helps a lot. Now, let's meet this week's Manly Saint. Join me today to meet a hunter saint who found God in the forest. Name, Hubert, Hubertus, Hubert of Liège. Life, around 656 to 727 A.D. Status, Saint. Feast, November 3rd. At some point in the 680s AD, Lord Hubert left the court at Paris. He had found success there, lost everything, then gained it back again. But now he was leaving it behind indefinitely, riding for the vast forest of the Ardennes in the area where the borders of Belgium, Germany, and Luxembourg come together today. The woods there were dangerous. There were predatory animals, bandits, and deep in the forest still lived many who followed the old ways and the old gods. Hubert, though, was a fighter and master hunter, so he wasn't concerned. Anyway, it was better than one more day at court alone. Hubert shared his love of the forest with many of his people. Centuries before, when the Franks had first asked to be allowed to enter the Roman Empire, one reason that some Romans had entertained the idea of letting barbarians in was that they would go to places where no respectable Roman wanted to be. A long history of war with Germanic peoples had left the Romans wary of the huge forests of the north. Franks, on the other hand, saw the forests as holy places. How could it be otherwise when this middle world of ours hangs on the great world tree? The Franks set themselves up in little clearings deep in among the trees, farming a little, taming deer to lure in wild deer, fattening up their famously delicious black hogs, keeping bees, and brewing alcohol. They would march out from their forest homes with axe and spear, To fight for Rome. Those were the old days. Over the centuries, the Franks had emerged from the forest to subdue their old masters, the Romans, capturing vast areas of land to the west. The great king Clovis had united their warring tribes, forging the Franks together into an empire. But Clovis had also led his people into the new faith, guided by the courageous young priest, St. Vadast. Now, the Franks were Christians, or at least they tried to be. Their lords and kings still struggled with the concept that an important man could get by with only one wife. The Franks were slowly becoming civilized. But one custom they clung to Was that they did not practice primogeniture, where the eldest son inherits all that his father has. Franks liked to divide their possessions between their sons. This was all very well, but it meant that after a Frankish king had unified the tribes, he would divide them again among his sons. And so it was that the Frankish lands into which Hubert was born around 656 were divided. Hubert, as tradition has it, was born in the southwest of modern France, in Aquitaine, the son of the Frankish duke there. As an adult, he had made his way north to Paris and into another Frankish state, Neustria. In Paris, Hubert had been welcomed in the court of Theodoric the Hubert soon realized the truth about the king. Theodoric was not really in charge. Power had shifted to his second in command, the mayor of the palace. This had happened across the Frankish kingdoms. Hubert seems to have found himself at odds with the mayor and had to flee from Paris. But the Frankish world was divided, and Hubert pledged loyalty to a different mayor, Pepin of Herstal. Pepin already ruled another Frankish kingdom from behind the scenes, and was eager to add Neustria to the lands he controlled. Soon Pepin's warband, with Hubert in it, met that of Theodoric III at Tertree. Theodoric III was defeated. But the battle ended with Pepin pledging loyalty to the defeated king. Pepin and his heirs would rule the Frankish lands from behind the scenes, for now. The victory meant that Hubert was in an even better position than he had been. Pepin had plenty of work for a young warrior like Hubert. The Franks had to establish their control over the other peoples of the north. As Pepin settled into power, he did what Franks had so often done, and took a second wife. But this time, one churchman spoke out against Pepin. Lambert, the bishop of Maastricht, now in the southern point of the Netherlands, defended the sanctity of marriage. If Hubert was a little disillusioned with the mayor of the palace, he had other things on his mind. Hubert now had a family of his own. Tradition gives the name of his wife as Floribane, For a year or two, Hubert and Floriban were happy. She bore him a son. But in these dark ages, lives could end quickly, and Floriban died early into their marriage, just as Lent was coming to an end. The death of his wife hit Hubert hard. He suddenly realized that he didn't want to go on this way, alone. And so Hubert did what many Franks had done before him. Taking a horse and a few dogs, Hubert decided to go on an extended hunting expedition, date of return, to be determined. And so it was that on Good Friday, Hubert was deep in the forest, pursuing a great stag. Hubert had tracked it, followed it, and now had managed to get close. As he waited for a clear shot, the stag turned to look at him, and Hubert saw that there was something shining between its antlers. It was a cross. God was speaking to Hubert here in the depths of the forest. It must have occurred to Hubert, master hunter that he was, that perhaps he was the one being hunted here. He thought he had come into the forest, alone, away from his troubles had he been like a flushed animal, scared out and moving exactly as expected. As Hubert stared at the stag, all thought of killing it forgotten, a voice spoke to him from the forest, calling him back to a Christian life. And the voice told him what he could do to get back on track. The story of what Hubert saw in the forest Is a later tradition, and yet it helps us to understand the sudden religious convictions of this young Frankish nobleman who gave away everything he had and humbly went to Bishop Lambert in Maastricht to ask him what to do next. The more he spoke to Lambert, the more clearly Hubert felt a vocation to the priesthood. He began his studies. The war of words between Bishop Lambert and Pepin was heating up. But for Hubert, this was a time of training. As a noble, he was used to being in charge. Now he needed to learn to listen and to serve. He turned out to be good at it. As his studies came to an end, Lambert and Hubert became convinced that God was calling Hubert to travel on a pilgrimage to Rome. In these dark ages, a pilgrimage always had more than a little danger. Hostile tribes, bandits, wild animals. Hubert went anyway. As he got close to Rome, matters in Francia were coming to a head. One of Pepin's men attacked Lambert and his nephews. Bishop Lambert became one of the earliest martyrs, standing for the sanctity of marriage. Hubert was just arriving in Rome as his mentor was murdered. Tradition has it that the Pope dreamed the death of St. Lambert, and in the dream the Pope learned that God was sending to Rome the man who would take his place. And so, when Hubert arrived in Rome, the Pope consecrated him a bishop and sent him home, the new Bishop of Maastricht. Bishop Hubert Would return to the lands of the Franks to take his mentor's place in Maastricht, though he would eventually move his cathedral a little south to Liège, today in the north of Belgium. Over the next two decades, Hubert would be an extremely energetic bishop, known for being out among the people, healing and helping. Our earliest story of his life was written by a man who had been saved by Bishop Hubert's prayers and had been inspired by this to do something he clearly did not enjoy, to use his terrible command of Latin, semi-barbaric, as one historian put it, to tell the story of Hubert's life. The account finishes with, Finally, I'm done. I told the story. Thanks be to God. Amen. As for Bishop Hubert, he came to recognize that God had called him, in part, because of the abilities he had developed, as a hunter. Bishop Hubert started a special ministry to those living in the woods of the Ardennes. Again and again, the bishop would travel along forest paths, finding the last of his people who had not yet heard the good news. He would be remembered, for this reason, as the Apostle of the Ardennes. The Dark Ages had not, after all, quite come to an end. But the day when even Franks in the darkest forests were Christians was soon coming. For all Pepin's crimes and machinations, good was emerging from what he had done. His son Charles, Charles the Hammer, as we remember him, would ride out and stop the armies of Islam from pushing north into Francia from occupied Spain. And in time, Pepin's heirs would rule as Holy Roman Emperors, guiding Europe into Christendom.